2: And Dallas, I bet you don't even know that that is a wrestling reference that, that you just did there. That, I feel like you don't even know that. Uh, we have a very special guest here today, a uh, friend of mine, a friend in the, in the Pittsburgh community. Uh, we are joined now by Cordy Graves, WWE broadcaster, After the Bell podcaster. The first time I think we've ever had a guest that has a microphone that's going to sound good for the listeners at home. <laughs> He's wearing his Pirates jersey here today. Corey Graves, welcome to the show.
3: I can't promise that I'm going to say anything worth listening to, but I have high quality audio equipment. So that's the, that's the first step today. But yes, I am excited. I'm, I'm decked out in my bucko's garb. Uh, this is as excited as I've been about the Pirates in way too long.
2: So I, I feel like I owe you an apology. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. But I so last time I saw Corey was at TD Garden and I believe it was November for uh, War Games. And we were backstage. I was doing a video for WWE Social where I was asking different wrestlers, different personalities. Can you give me your best uh, batting stance? And then I was going to grade it. And so whenever Corey Graves is introduced on television, they'll say his name. And then he'll fold his hands like this and say, thank you. And I said, you know what, Corey, do you do that because you're secretly praying for uh, Pirates winning baseball season? And lo and behold, we had it almost immediately. 2023, at least in the month of April, as of this recording, the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place in the NL Central after not just beating, but convincingly destroying the Los Angeles Dodgers last night uh, and you were there. I was in the house. I was there lending
3: my moral support. They almost did it two nights in a row. Uh, two yeah. nights ago, they sort of fell apart at the end, but it was a feel good moment. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect it to turn around this quickly. I'm I've been a Pirates fan long enough to know not to get too excited yet <laughs> because we have seen this movie before and mm-hmm. it makes it usually to about the all star break and then things start to disintegrate. But. Far be it for me to spoil anybody's fun. I'm having just as much fun as anybody. Yeah. What, and at and what
4: I,
2: point? Oh, go ahead, Dallas. I'm sorry. Resident Pittsburgh Pirates fan, Dallas Brayden on the podcast.
3: <laughs>
4: no, no, no. I I just I, I was going to say I, I wanted to know. I mean, I was going to start to get into what we're feeling right now. But if you have a question about before we're getting to what we're feeling right now, please, by all means.
2: So I was I was going to kind of get into the the psyche of a Pittsburgh Pirates fan who has has seen it. Like, I'm sure that they're there are probably like teenage Pittsburgh Pirates fans that are like super pumped up about this. And it's like, they don't really, they don't know the pain. But for you, like you've seen winning baseball in Pittsburgh before. Um, You've seen that like this team can actually make the playoffs and they're not just uh, the laughing stock of the National League as we've seen in recent years. Uh, At what point do you go from, this is a nice little start in the month of April to how long do you need to see it before you start believing not that like first place can be sustained, but that, hey, we can we're not going to lose 100 games this year. Like we might actually have a, at least a watchable baseball team. Like what point do you get there? Post all star break. OK, because
3: we've had glimmers of hope in the past. There's been good runs, you know, where we flirted with being great, but then the all star break seems to just kill us each and every year. So, if we're winning after the All-Star break, I'll be legitimately excited. I may even, like, purchase season tickets. I flirted Ooh. with that this year just because I'm, cl- I'm very close to the stadium. I live in, in the city. I'm about an eight-minute Uber ride um, from PNC Park. But, yeah, if, if we're still doing this
2: after the break, then I will, uh, I will really, really buy in wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. Dallas, your mic's off. You've <laughs> muted yourself. <laughs> this guy i mean because
4: i got fucking kids screaming back here i got sex trophies running around i'm trying to keep shit under wraps here my, my sex trophies yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right sex trophies that's right
3: three so, times uh, this is another Confirmed. conversation for another time <laughs> <Confirmed>. <laughs> i'm yep. very
4: intrigued Alice. <laughs> with that lady right there her <laughs> yeah. all right that's congratulations on your sex trophies. <laughs> that's what you would call my tag team partner right there grace that's mm, okay that's right. <laughs> love it love it um, so my, my, my question though like you said, you you're gonna pump the brakes, wait till the midsummer classic to see, are we serious about this? Well, we're starting to see some activity that could lead guys like you and I to believe that we're starting to get fluffed a little early. We're starting to get tickled a little early here because we just signed up the captain for eight years. So when we make a move like that, when we lock a guy up a hundred million plus dollars, almost a fucking decade, doesn't that or or does that, I guess I should ask? Does that give you a sense that things are starting just very possibly could be starting to turn just a bit? It gives me hope.
3: It absolutely gives me hope that that is how things are trending. I mean, we it, very rarely does nutting throw out that sort of contract. I right. mean, that was the biggest contract, I think, in team's history. Yeah. Um. So that's exciting. It seems like maybe they're committing to, to Reynolds. But with that said, history has taught us that when you're paying somebody a lot of money and the team as a whole is not delivering. They're the first in the fire sale. Right. So, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that's probably the best way to describe
4: it. No, and that's, and and that's much, fair. I, I I just wanted to think that this is something that we haven't seen happen. And so now no, for we're, sure, we're, it's, it's exciting. Now, yeah, now we're seeing it happen. So you get excited. But I I, I agree with you. You don't want to let the emotion of something that's never happened here get you so excited and blind you with bliss that we wake up in July and go, what happened? We were in first. We we're in first place in yeah. April. Why are we not in first place in July anymore? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? And then we just blame Brian Reynolds and walk him off the plane for no fucking reason.
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, the whole city was excited because of McCutcheon. The Pirates could have never won a game this yes. season, yes. and yes. because they re-signed Cutch, the whole city was like, "It's fine. You know what? At least we brought Cutch back. <laughs> he is like a, a true hometown hero here. The, the guy's just so so revered, and he's good for the city and the community and everything. So there were literally billboards around the city." They just said, welcome back, Cutch." I mean, it was it was huge just to have him on the team. So now we're actually throwing some money around and some people are playing good baseball. It's just like, whoa, it's all like a bonus right now. Yes.
2: What what year was the Pirates wildcard game? Was that 2015 where Quato it was 15 with Quato?
3: Yeah, where he yeah. dropped the baseball, Drop the ball. Yeah. And so to that same we were playing the Reds on Friday night, which was la- the last game I went to before the Dodgers series. And. Believe it or not, the fans in Pittsburgh still started doing the Quato chant <laughs> as though it's just like this evergreen insult to all pitchers. It was it was sort of I mean, it made me laugh. But uh, yeah, and that was the last real like highlight as far as baseball goes in the city. Uh, and before that was 1992 when Sid Bream ruined my childhood. <laughs> <Sid Bream. laughs> it's it's like,
6: that
2: that that <laughs> Quato chant in that wildcard game in Pittsburgh, I think, was one of the more. I don't want to call it hostile because I don't think that anyone was in danger, but just like high energy, tense, uh, pressure type crowds in WWE. Like I can think of a few examples of some crowds that were hot like that. What crowd do you think you could compare it to from like a premium live event that would compare to that wildcard game? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, that as far as baseball goes,
3: that was definitely I think hostile is a great word because I think that was the intention. The the Pirates fans were so tired of suffering. We were like, you know what? We're playing in the game as well. We're going to (laughs) make make ourselves known. Yeah, I mean, it was up there. I would probably compare. I think our my favorite crowds. I don't want to ever say the best because that offends other crowds. But but my favorite crowds are the European crowds. Okay. when we do TV in London, we were just in Cardiff, Wales for Clash of the Castle last summer. Um it's nuclear, the environment. The the European fans are just on a whole other level. But, I mean, this year, we just did WrestleMania at SoFi. And you talk about, like, big-time moments and emotion and, and 80,000 people feeling the same thing. That was pretty impressive. That was definitely one of my favorite crowds we played lately. Yeah, I mean, the Roman Sammy,
2: I think, is up
3: there. Oh, that yeah. I can't believe I I looked over that. That was in, in Quebec. That's yes. In uh, Montreal. Yes. That's where Sammy's from. That was unbelievable. And the, I'm not... There, there's always... It doesn't happen frequently, but like when I'm working with, with my broadcast partner, uh, Kevin Patrick, he's not from the wrestling world. He's a soccer guy, and he's still learning the ropes and the emotions of WWE. And every once in a while, I'll just take my headset and just pull it off my ear and, and I'll, I'll look at him and make make sure he can actually hear it. So we're not listening to it through cans. We're actually hearing the organic crowd. And it's, it's I mean, it's tough to describe if you never, never lived through
2: it. Right. It's like in terms of like that wildcard game. I would put Roman Sammy there. And I know we're not supposed to say his name, but Cena Punk Money in the Punk Bank. Punk Cena. Yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Those two crowds right there were very similar to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And like, that's why it's like, even like, I, as you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm a baseball fan. And anytime that the Pirates come up or, Bad ownership comes up, I mean, like we have Dallas Braden sitting here. they have it's the most embarrassing franchise in professional sports, not just baseball, uh, but it starts at the top. but with the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm always hit, sitting here saying, how, if you're an owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, do you not see that there is such a uh community of baseball fans in that market, like a how burst. do you watch that wild card game and say?" I want to get back to that. Like, how do we right. get back to that sooner? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough timing to make this argument because they just paid Brian Reynolds. But I mean, that is like the fans are there. Like they, they want, just, they just want a product to, worth caring about. Pittsburgh loves
3: anything. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You look at the Steelers, you look at the penguins, the, the Riverhounds. We have a soccer team now, and that sells out. It's a small little stadium, but if, if you're winning, the Pittsburgh people will come out and support you in full effect. Even if you're not doing great, they'll come out. We have been begging and pleading, but the pirates are the one team in town that we've sort of learned, like, don't get too excited. What? So if, if they, if they shed that, then man, the sky's the limit. What
4: color are the river hounds?
3: That is a great question. I think there is black and gold involved. I, mean, I think we're the only city. They, they have yeah. exactly. They have
4: that, that's that's what I'm getting. You have an entire population of people who are so dedicated and so oh, into they black and gold. All right, to supporting yeah. their sports. Everybody just looks around. like, hey, you want to come up with a cricket team? Sure. We don't even have to ask what color the fucking jerseys are going to be. We've got that figured out. We just need to show up and support these fucking people. And that's what. But then again, we have, we have that
3: USFL team, which has never actually played in Pittsburgh for any reason. Uh, <laughs> they've, they've only played in Birmingham, but they're the Pittsburgh. I, don't, I think they're the Maulers. And they're purple.
4: So they're, oh, break, they're breaking tradition. Oh, so I, cool. I, no, I don't support. see them succeeding. No, mm-hmm. not at all. That's You shoot yourself in the foot. What the fuck are you doing?
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's brutal. Um, what, like, what was the most memorable pirates game that you've ever been to? I know that there, there can't be a ton to choose from, but like, have
3: you- yeah, 2015, I was actually living in Tampa at the time. So I watched that one on TV. Um, I, I just love there to me. There's nothing more relaxing in the world than going to a baseball game,
5: hmm.
3: particularly in Pittsburgh. I love it. It's the best stadium in baseball. I stand by that. I will die on that hill. Um, so even if you're watching subpar baseball, there's just something about the atmosphere, being right on the river, seeing the, the city skyline, drinking a cold beer. That's, that's heaven to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, Graves, where are you? Your happiest in life. Like aside from being with my beautiful wife, i got she's going to watch this and I'll get, cheap I'll pop. get shit if I don't, pop. uh, but, but being at the ballpark, man, that that's absolutely the best. So I go as, as much as I possibly can. There's not one particular game that stands out, but just any, any reason is good enough for me to go.
4: Have you, so, have uh, you had any action or any in any interaction with the renegades of the rotunda? You know who those fellows are? I have
3: not. I have not. I am familiar with them. I've seen them on the, on the big screen numerous times, but no interactions. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm, I like to sort of vary it up. I don't always sit in the same place. Like sure. Friday night, we were out on the right field wall, like in, in the outfield mm-hmm. last night, my buddy and I were like in the first baseline back. It was like. 55 degrees which is way too cold for baseball <laughs> yeah. um so it was miserable we were we were shivering but uh yeah i i I just love the vibe and the atmosphere man and yeah. it's getting better even even in this year compared to last year just the energy and the crowds into things like, well that's um, that's the, the reaction exciting. for for um maji maji yes i'm Magi. saying his name right maji last night it was
4: beautiful man. yes that's that's what i wanted to ask you about too is because those are moments that for an organization who struggles to find success, maybe in the standings or whatever, for you know, year in your you hold on to the little stories, the little things that make you, you know, that make your heart beat, that'll that can jerk a tear from you. And that last night was incredible to watch. The interview after was incredible to watch. You can feel him just searching for words, not really having any really idea how to explain what he's feeling. But when when you see something like that in person and you're sharing that with the passionate fans that you've just talked about, what does that do for you in the ballpark in that moment? Graves in his fucking, in his happy place.
3: I I live for the romance of baseball of, of any sport. Really? I, I I'm like sentimental to a fault. Like I'll watch games and get sort of like, emotionally stirred inside by if you hear a, a touching story, you see guys, I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, a guy, a guy named Cole Tucker was yep. playing for the pirates. He He's our a boy friend of mine. We, we love his, Cole his Tucker. first at bat as a pirate. He hit a home run yeah. and his family was there. I was living in Connecticut and I'm watching on TV. And I, even that like got me, I was like, Oh my God, how cool would that be? Your first game? You hit a home run. Your dad's there. Like that, that bond. I I'd probably, I'm, I'm going to psychoanalyze myself. It's probably because I grew up watching baseball with my dad. Sure. And I think it's sort of that 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 feeling it, and it's it's such an evergreen feeling and, and you don't know where it's going to come from. But when you feel it, man, there, there's no drug on earth. that's better than that. It's just it gets you right in the heart. It's such a such an amazing feeling.
2: I think w- one of the coolest things about doing this job for as long as I've been doing it now is obviously like I'm a I'm a baseball like I do baseball for my job, but I'm a huge wrestling fan. So, getting to become friends with wrestlers that are baseball fans has been really cool. Have you become friends with any baseball players because they're wrestling fans? Um, well, you guys, off the top of my head,
3: (laughs) there's not. You know how it is. You've been backstage, and it's so busy, and there's so many people. Every once in a while, you get to say, "Hey." Um, I wouldn't say. Friends, I actually I, I referenced Andrew McCutcheon on Monday Night Raw a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I made up some analogy about how they didn't want to pay him or something. And I apparently his agent was a fan. And next thing I know, I got a DM on Twitter from Kutch <laughs> and he, he, he knew I was just messing around. Yeah. He, he wasn't offended by it. So, like, every once in a while, I'll send him a message just to kind of keep it. Yeah, I would I would never like ask him for anything or hey let's go do this but it's kind (laughs) of cool to just i like to keep my heroes separate yeah you know what i mean i i and like like you said about wrestling and baseball i work in the wrestling world i'm just a baseball fan yeah I, i was texting you the other night i'm not an expert i'm not a big stat guy i don't know every detail of it it just makes me happy and it's one of the things that i can do that i just shut my brain off and i don't have to think about wrestling or work or anything that's going on in life i i'm one of the very few people that i know that I don't even have to like either team that's playing. Right, I'll sit there and just watch a game because baseball is excellent to me, man. I, 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 I can't believe it's fallen. It's not dead to the not point dead. of the podcast, <laughs> but it's fallen out of favor as everybody like they they can't see the romance in it anymore. I, I think
4: it's still there. You can bring what, bring it back because you got you got to look for the romance, and there are you, right. you have to be patient. You have to let the romance start to bubble, and you do. You have to start to connect dots, and then when you realize, oh, he's here, and this happened. And now he's here experiencing this, like everything almost comes full circle in baseball and you don't necessarily have that instant payoff of gratification. Right. First round draft pick. Now he's starting on Sunday and he's going to win the Super Bowl two years from now. Right. Oh, my God. This guy has never left my brain in terms of his star power at the college level. And now baseball, you might hear about your team's first round draft pick and you might never see that dude ever again. Ever. Right. Ever again. Um, your, your ability and your understanding of how behind the curtain works, how behind stage operates. You said something that caught my ear. You like to keep your heroes separate. Do you think that's the case? Because you are very, very, very well aware and adept to the business side of things. And so almost out of fear of being disappointed, do you kind of put that wall up for yourself?
3: Yeah, it's probably a learned behavior. I would I would think that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, I've I've luckily in my life, particularly in the wrestling business, had very few negative interactions with people that I looked up to. Um, And now it's to the point where every once in a while I have to pinch myself. And my dad's still the one who brings me back down to earth. I'll have a conversation with him or I'll tell him. Usually I'm complaining about something. (laughs) And I'll never forget this. I called my dad. This was years back. I was I was in um, Tampa or I'm sorry, Orlando for the uh, performance center. And I was working with Dusty Rhodes very oh closely. I, Dusty was sort of a mentor to me after I got hurt wrestling. As I was figuring out this next step that would lead me to broadcasting, I was like sort of Dusty's assistant in a way. And um, I, I was driving home one night one day and I called my dad and I'm going, ah, dad, I said this and Dusty didn't like it. And, he, and my dad just went, listen, listen to what you just said. You're calling me. You're upset because the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, That's didn't right. like your idea. <laughs> and I went, point taken. Okay, cool. So I, I try not to get caught up too too much in that. But to your point about the business thing, I do look at everything very differently. Mm-hmm. Spending as much time as I've been in with with WWE for like 12 years now, and all the different aspects of the business I've got to learn, you do understand and appreciate business. And I was saying to my friend last night, if the Pirates were like Dunder Mifflin or a, a selling something they, they sold paper you go this is an amazing business model you, you draft well you ship everybody out you keep your costs down somehow you still stay above water and then you make money from the the, uh, the luxury share. taxes and the, <laughs> the profit sharing and all that like this is great business like nothing's a good businessman. he's yeah. just a sucky baseball over yeah <laughs> hey, you know
4: what oh fuck grace grace i <laughs> I want to cry right now.
7: I <laughs> Did want we just to- become
4: best friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, There's just, I, I have tried to, and, and I'll be honest, I am, I am constrained at certain levels and certain points, things I can and can't say and how passionately I can express certain thoughts and opinions.
2: He's but, an Oakland A's mascot. He's he's on the A's <laughs> broadcast team, but they hire him as an ambassador. They basically pay for his silence, more or less. So every <laughs> we have to say everything that he's thinking, but can't say. More is is the extent of what's going on here. I, I've I've been in that position before. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> so, yeah. So there you so up.
4: just. Just, just, just to hear somebody who understands like, I swear to God, it's like, you just got shot down out of a spaceship and started going, and I'm the only dude, I'm the only dude who understands everything you're saying right now. (laughs) So I, I I am with you. And yes, it does. It's, it's a great, it's a great model. If it weren't also factoring in baseball and the, the
3: passion confuses me is the the Tampa Bay Rays are a similar, they're run similarly. Mm-hmm. They don't spend a lot of money. Every mm-hmm. time somebody wants paid, they ship them out and they draft well and they they have a great, you know, farm system. But they're like always... In the playoffs, near the playoffs, in the conversation, I couldn't name you three players on their team right now because there's <laughs> such a high turnover. But they're always sort of contenders. Yeah. And they have the worst stadium in baseball.
4: Terrible. It, it, yes. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. They do have a, a giant fish tank out in right center, which uh, that's true. Being mm-hmm. a fish guy, in the Ted they, Williams
2: know. Museum is in the trap as well. People don't know that <laughs> people don't know that.
4: That was going to be my next was, question, though. If, you, if I was not aware of that. Oh yeah, I, right I,
3: we, we were in the Trop for like six months during the pandemic. That's where we oh, set yeah. up the Thunderdome. We, we brought, I, I, I like lived at the Trop for, <laughs>
2: for half the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize the
3: Ted Williams stuff was
2: there. Yes, the Ted Williams Museum is in the Trop. I forgot that you guys are doing <laughs> that. That was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you mentioned the Trop. So I was going to, I totally forgot that you guys were there for as long as you were. But WWE is on the road constantly. Uh, When you are going to different cities throughout the country, do you ever make it a point to if you're if you can't catch a game, obviously, because you guys are in and out like it's I understand that part. But if you have like a day in a city, are you catching a tour in a different ballpark? Like how many ballparks have you been able to see because of your job? It's it's always a goal of mine. And I'm a terrible
3: planner. I never tell my travel person uh who books everything that, that i want to get in early enough to go do something like that a lot of our crew does it i know a bunch of the guys just went to wrigley because we were just in chicago monday night um i've been to a few I, I went i was in uh cincinnati a couple like last season um it's it's i'm trying to think off the top of my head i've been to a million of them we played we played uh royal rumble at chase field a couple of years oh, ago yeah. in, in phoenix yeah um so I've been in a lot of these different places. It's just a, it's such a scheduling thing. Like I, I make the joke all the time. I've been around the world twice and haven't seen a thing.
5: <laughs> I I've seen
3: every airport, every Hyatt and every arena. And then it's just lather, rinse, repeat, you know, say, and, and as much time as we spend on the road, sometimes it's hard to justify getting in a, d- a full day early or early enough to catch a game. But if it is an option, I, I absolutely love doing.
2: it. Yeah. I, and speaking of uh, hitting some spots while traveling, I have to ask as a Boston guy, as a Saugus guy, please tell me you've been to Kowloon before. I have never stepped foot in Kowloon.
3: Wow.
4: wow. Which,
3: yeah, which wow. is crazy because, because the, I, oh. I know all about it. I've driven past oh. it many times. Boy. I'm very familiar with it. My wife points it out each and every
2: time. John Cena had Kowloon sneakers I know. on at WrestleMania. I have the fucking sneakers. And I I had a 30 minute phone call with Andy Wong about the sneakers before it was made public that John Cena had sent them back to Andy. So I am please. You know what? When do you, when, when does WWE come to Boston again? I think we have like a, Uh, we're up there. We should probably be up there soon. We're up there about every four months. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I, I, I there's, I, there's no real reason I haven't been there other than like nobody I've been with has been like, hey, let's go do this thing. I know the the boys go all the time. The was are
2: always there. Yeah. Uh, Roman's been like, I, I met Roman there for the first time, uh, in like 2015. I don't think he go because he rides with our truth. I don't know if he still does, but like, oh, he used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Ronnie's is, been hurt. He's but yeah. a big Kowloon well, Roman's guy. Roman's a bus guy now. Ah, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's moved you know. up in the world. Oh, yeah. since then. Um, all right, I, I'm gonna put this out there because. Dallas is a big Kowloon guy. At once upon a time, they had a picture of Dallas on the wall they, in Kowloon. They, they have since removed it. They still uh, do. They were like, yeah, next time the Oakland A's have a winning record, we'll put it back up right now. We can't <laughs> really have like A's paraphernalia in our restaurant. We're trying to create a classy environment here. But the next time WWE's in Boston, I would like to be a part of your first Kowloon experience. I would like to roll up the red carpet. I will absolutely take you up on that. Okay. 100%. Even if I need to... to I t-
3: I'll, I'll think in advance so that I can either book a later flight. It's, it's usually the problem. I, I get in late on Sunday nights and I'm out at like 6 a.m. First flight out Tuesday. Mm. So if you want to go out and actually enjoy yourself, especially after raw that ends at 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a pretty hairy morning. So I, a, I just give myself a little bit of extra time. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, a true it's, it's not impossible. It, oh, I, I nothing is impossible. <laughs> I'm, I just need I just needed the guidance
2: and the motivations. So I'll definitely take you up on. OK, it for sure. All right, we'll do that. I know that. Uh, There's always some group that goes. Uh, It does vary in terms of like size, but like Bailey, big Kowloon person.
3: Yeah. Like I said, I I think I'm the exception, man. Everybody's gone. I I know my wife's gone a few times and, and she grew up in that area, so she was familiar already. But um yeah, they the boys love it. I hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to Kowloon. I just have
2: never, never been privy. Yeah, that's kind of missing like, out. That's like the underground. Like if you, if you want like a real cheap pop, like if you're in Boston and you're on the broadcast and you make a Kowloon reference, you're talking, you're talking viral city right now. Well, I mean, John Cena wore the sneakers at WrestleMania, so I think that says <laughs> <That's> all you <laughs> need to know. All you need to know. All, need to know. Um, all right, before we let you go, I don't want to take up too too much of your time. Give me your favorite Pittsburgh Pirates memory as a fan. Doesn't have to be a game that you were at. Just maybe like because you talked about your uh, your relationship with your dad. Maybe it's a game that you guys went to. Maybe it was your first game, like a moment that you guys are watching the Pirates on TV together. Something like that.
3: Man, I I was uh, my my. Favorite memories were my earliest when we had the outfield of Bonds, Bonilla, and Van Slyke. Mm-hmm. Like, I that was easy that, to be a Pirates fan. Like, I was raised as a Pirates fan because that was legit. I, Mike Lavalier, Chico Lean, like, I can name everybody. And then there's this giant mm-hmm. gap where I'm just like, oh, I don't remember much yeah. of anything. <laughs> I would have to say, uh, I went a few years back to PNC Park with my son, my dad, uh, and my, my, I guess my ex-wife's father, there was all, all the dads. We all went together on Father's Day. And it just, to me, was like, I, I'm not entirely sure what the result of the game was. I'd be willing to bet they lost badly. <laughs> but just being there, it was like sort of that generational thing, like me getting to take my son to a Pirates game. No matter what happened on the field, man, that was the best feeling in the world. And, and to this day, like I, I will cherish that. And he goes with me pretty regularly. Now my, my daughter is becoming a Pirates fan. Um, so, and they've uh, all been to the, been to the park, but that first time, man, with having, having my dad and my son just be there together at once was like, that, that was special. I'll never forget that.
2: You're making me want to awesome. go have kids right now. Corey Graves. That's, that's <laughs> hey, give awesome. it a shot, man. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, Corey, one of these days me... I'm going to try having sex. I'm going to give it a whirl and we're going <laughs> to well, let I'll, you know. I'll be your
4: wingman at Kowloon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jared, See, now we're talking. If you just. If you just if you turn the batteries around in her, she'll turn on. You, you just got to turn, <laughs> turn the batteries around. No, but hey, Grazy, um, <clears throat> me and the green and gold, the green and gold, and I will be cruising into PNC uh, at the very beginning of June, I believe. We're actually going to be there uh, for my wife's birthday. It's not planned. The schedule makers didn't plan it that way. It just worked out <laughs> that way. But she is a Buckos fan. She's from West Virginia. Um, but we will be there. The 5th, 6th, and 7th. So if you happen to be in the neighborhood around June 5th, 6th, and 7th, you have an open invitation for you and uh, your children, your offspring, uh, to come on out to the ball game. I'd love to get you down on the field, maybe take in some batting practice as well. Uh, I'm not telling you that you're going to hit BP. We don't need to go through that nightmare. (laughs) But you're probably going to (laughs) watch batting practice, if that's something you're into so
3: i would absolutely love it i will uh jared has my number it's just, jared if you'd be so kind as to pass that along text me man if you guys need food resor- or uh recommendations or anything in pittsburgh man i'm I'm full-blown yinzer here it's not love just it. an act i'm love not just it. wearing the jersey <laughs> <laughs> love it
4: love it right on right on well you know All what right. maybe i'll wear my jersey too uh the, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah dallas does have a pittsburgh pirates jersey doesn't he dallas
4: yeah, well, That's it's not the one that we bet on. And you from the other bet, you still owe me the Brian Reynolds. And now that he locked up the deal, you definitely owe me that jersey. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but we got to an O'Neill Cruz jersey. I want to bet Jared finally paid up. So for Christmas, two years late, I finally got my <laughs> O'Neill Cruz jersey.
2: Dallas's Dallas's thing is that he will just create bets that never happen and be like, yeah, like Jared, we, like we had that bet. He lost. He didn't pay up. I was supposed to get an O'Neal Cruz jersey out of it. And then eventually he'll just bring it up enough times to where the listeners of the podcast. I I think it's a brilliant. That's a, that's a brilliant, how do you not? I might actually that,
3: especially with my buddies, you out drinking and you know, things get a little
2: foggy and be like, dude, we bet on it. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: We shook. You were there. Mm -hmm. And if you get enough fan support behind you, like there's no saying no to that. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Uh all right. Uh the name of the podcast is WWE after the bell, Corey Graves. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. If uh the Pirates continue to win baseball games, I, I think we're gonna just have to make you our Pittsburgh correspondent. correspondent. Yeah. Sign
3: me up, man. I'm happy to do it. This was a blast. I don't get to talk baseball that often. I'm usually chatting about wrestling. So yeah. this was a nice change of pace for me. This was a, a, an absolute blast. So thank you guys. Anytime you need me, I'll, I'll be ready.
2: Perfect. Thank you so Love much. It. Right on. Let's go, Bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Raise it. All right. Big thanks to Corey Graves for making the time coming on the podcast today. That was fun. I uh I love a I love you know me. No one loves a good wrestling slash baseball crossover more than I do. Like that's just a fact. No one loves that crossover more than me. Um so now. We uh, actually, you know what? Let's let's hit. A, let's hit a read because we've got we've got a few different topics that that we've got to hit on here today. But first, huh, the baseball season's in full swing, whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player. DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all uh, this season's action right now. New customers can place a five dollar pregame money line bet and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park. With DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Uh, my my parlay did not hit last night. I don't think a single leg hit. It, it should have. Like I think I have, like the Cardinals winning. They lost. I had Ronald Cunha Jr. to steal a base. He hit a home run, so he didn't have the opportunity. Actually, no. I think he walked in the first. Um, but he did homer. And then I had Luis Arias to get a hit, and I don't think he did. And he was like, Hitting five hundred, his last sixteen games coming in. I'm just the jinx. Uh, anyways, join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with the promo code Carabas C A R R A B I S. New customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Carabas. Uh, if you listened to the episode yesterday, we promised we opened up the phone lines for White Sox fans. And usually this will add this will. Uh, uh, lend itself or follow in the footsteps of a managerial firing. I don't think that that's where this is headed at all, but um, we did open up the, fo- the phone lines for White Sox fans to vent their frustrations. Jake, how many did we get? Uh, We got quite a few pissed off White Sox fans. I put a (laughs) put aside like 12 of them. Okay, and again, that goes back to what I was saying the other day. I didn't realize how many White Sox fans were following on Twitter. I had no idea. Like, I I did not know that we had a White Sox fan listenership. We appreciate you guys. So we wanted to give you all a place to vent your frustrations. Uh, Do we want to do we want to kick the show off with a couple? Let's let's let's
8: get into a couple. Why not? Yeah. Jake, let's let's hear a couple. Hey guys, this is Aaron from Lowell, Indiana. I am a diehard, lifelong Chicago White Sox fan. I I don't even know where to start with this, but I guess I'll start with Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh I don't know why he's running the team anymore. He's eighty seven mm-hmm. years old. he needs to sell the team. Um we were Rick Hahn promised us everything that this would be it. This, the rebuild would be the way to go. And it just didn't pan out. Um They need to get rid of the entire front office. Gary needs to sell the team, just move forward. Um, You know, I, I really, I, I can't think of any other team that did this big of a rebuild and had, you know, that fell in their face flat like this. So I don't know. I, uh I'm a diehard white sex fan. And I'm a diehard baseball fan. I'm really considering watching a team like the Brewers who had zero expectations this year and a bunch of nobodies for the most part. And they're absolutely killing it. And we can't even do that. This was supposed to be the team, 180 something million dollar payroll. And you in the face. All
5: right,
8: guys. <laughs> the defeat Thank you. is
2: um, So this, did you hear this caller? on what was it uh, e s p n Chicago yesterday you did you did jay hey
7: I did it how, was pretty epic
2: so how long is the rant? I haven't heard it i'm this is me it, hearing it was so like thinking.
7: over it was over six minutes long. oh,
2: oh Jesus, my. I don't know if I want to play six fucking minutes
4: that's a that's
2: girthy yeah
7: that's... no, I mean, I think it was just like I listened to the whole thing this morning. It was comprehensive uh it touched on a lot of the things we touched on yesterday that it basically extends to Every element of the team, um, and begins and ends with Ryan Store. Yeah, but he was he was composed. That was the most impressive thing about that rant was that uh, it was very uh, information heavy. Uh, he was passionate, but not uh, not sloppy. Yeah, he has a future in radio, I would think, if he wants one. Interesting.
5: I mean, I I wanted to play it, but six fucking minutes. I mean, that's that's that's, that's my whole day. He's got six it's minutes. Of, it's a lot of disappointment. <laughs> I mean, is, is it that do,
2: I'm going to I'm going to leave it up to Jay. Hay. it's is it worth playing?
7: I mean, why don't we why don't we play it and we can bail out at any time
5: okay. or, or, or just plug it in. Just put it in there.
7: Yeah. Post edit.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I want
0: what's going on guys listen uh first of all huge fan long time listener first time caller i I know regardless of your individual allegiances i love that you both look at these things objectively and you provide a service to the fans of chicago we owe you a debt of gratitude uh i've been a diehard chicago white Sox fan for nearly 40 years i say that with the very express intent of sharing my deep and undying love for this team and my call is rooted in heartbreak, not anger. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm angry, but it is a byproduct of a dysfunctional, abusive relationship with the front office and the ownership of the Chicago White Sox. I also want to say I have defended this rebuild. I liked what the team did with the trades. I defended Yasmani in Dallas. I didn't understand the Larusa hire, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I forgave the free agents they let go. I was before Fuddled by the Ben and Pendy and Clevenger signings. But you know what? I said, I'm going to give them one last shot. And when they canceled sock fest, like the cowards they are, I knew something was up, but now we know, obviously the experiment is over. The vast majority of the prospects have been bust. The product on the field is pathetic. We have exactly two players of excellence on this roster, Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson. Everyone else, is nowhere near the kind of player they need to be to make this a winning team. You'd think that would be enough to wake this organization up. But yesterday, Kenny Williams had the gall to say that he's not in a good place right now and accountability is not an issue. You're right, he's not in a good place. He's not in a job he should have. Mm -hmm. Think about all the promises that Rick Hahn made. Mired in mediocrity, that he bragged about Romy Gonzalez in spring training, and I'll, I'll trade him if I get the right price. Think about the as Griffol said come to the park, we're going to kick everyone's butt. They must have been talking about the fan, not the other team. <laughs> the entire lineup is batting under 220. The best hitter on the team is Jake Berger. We're a triple A team. Our right fielders are hitting 180. With a weighted run created plus of 28. I don't even need to tell you about the pitching staff. Cats has got to go. Moncada, T.A., Eloy, Yes, Joe Kelly. It's week four. They've all already been hurt. Tens of millions of dollars on replacement level players while stars go elsewhere. We're 11 games under 500. The Bears needed six months to get 11 games under 500. We needed three weeks. In in the 15 years of Rick Hahn, we have been a constant experiment that has never panned out. In the 25 years of Kenny Williams, we had exactly one season of excellence with a perfect storm of players that has not once come even close to being the same. I don't want to hear about the strength of schedule in April, but with the money we've spent, the players we have playing 500 balls should be underachieving. Not 11 games under 500. We keep going after players that Rick Hahn liked five years ago. Lance Lynn, mm-hmm. over the hill. Yaz, <laughs> over the hill. Benintendi, he wanted him in the draft six years ago. He's got a .1 war. Clevenger isn't just a clubhouse cancer, and a disgusting human being. He's a horrendous pitcher. Joe Kelly has been useless. We signed Vince Velasquez. Give me a break. John Jay, Yonder Alonso. Between them, that's $200 on a bunch of black holes and an ERA of 240. (laughs) The entire organization is poison. The entire way that they go about their business is a failure. Firing Rick isn't enough. Firing Kenny isn't enough. If Chris Guest gets promoted and we have to sit through another 15-year retool rebuild, you're just going to hear from me again in 2038. <laughs> I don't care if we go on a torrid winning streak in May and June and somehow get back to 500 ball and then we scooch our way into the postseason in the wild card, only to get bounced right away by a team that's actually good. We have no depth in our organization one injury and we are done this process isn't working our farm system has been in the bottom 10 for 45 years aside from the one frame of time when they traded all our talent away and graduated them all right up and then we were the worst again we there is one solution in his final years Jerry Reinsdorf, who, by the way, wouldn't even have the reputation he has if he hadn't have lucked upon Michael Jordan at three in 1984, <laughs> has the courage to get rid of the yes men around him and fire everyone. He bought into the Chicago Bulls and the White Sox for 20 million dollars. He's worth two billion now. He needs to use a fraction of that money he made on the backs of Chicago's blue collar baseball fans and pay their pay for a front office to come and rebuild everything. Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams cannot be trusted to rebuild this team again. They need to retire and go off into the sunset and play golf with the millions of dollars they made on their cushy paychecks for a job that they had a longer leash for than any executive in the history of the modern era of baseball. Let someone qualified come in and run this team. At this point, we would need a historic, turnaround to even be mildly relevant. Everyone said the AL Central was weak and it might be in comparison to others, but the Sox aren't better than the guardians of the twins. We're not even better than the Royals. And the fact that we're only incrementally better than the Tigers is exactly the kind of indictment on this organization that we need. The build of uh, the lack of success that this roster has is a referendum on what we've already in 2006, 2007, 2011, 2013, 2015, and 16, and the excruciating last seven years that only led to this. I mean, stoney is more worried about Lance Lynn eating a salad than the entire organization not knowing how to teach major league prospects how to hit a baseball. All right, Berno. <laughs> Berno, you get an A plus purely <laughs> I mean, on
5: presentation. I mean, that was incredible.
2: That was presentation. A you will. That was
4: incredible. That, that is incredible. a rant. That
2: is a rant. <laughs> that was incredible. I mean, that was almost like he had it written down and was just referencing bullet point. Like if that was all off the top of the dome, I am thoroughly impressed.
4: Yeah, that is years and years. As you can tell of built up anguish. Boiling over. Well, you, uh, like he
2: referenced, um, at the very end there, the White Sox broadcaster Steve Stone. He's more like, yeah, did you see this?
4: Yeah, it it just that was absolutely horrible. Here it is.
2: For anyone that doesn't know, this is a White Sox broadcaster Steve Stone basically saying Lance Lynn's too fat to play baseball.
9: Of course, he's had a lot of leg issues and another, you know, other things, but. Um, maybe if cardiovascularly it's bothering him, with a pitch clock, maybe a, a couple of salads would help, you know, <laughs> somewhere along the line, I'm thinking if, if you're having an, and I don't know that he's having problems with that, but if that is a problem, then <clears throat> maybe if you, if you improve your cardiovascular by losing a couple of pounds or doing whatever he's going to do to work out. And again, I don't know how much he can do. With a leg problems that he's had in the past, and that that's a very big fact Sorry, he's just straight up calling what? it fat,
2: <laughs> like mixing. Well, a well salad. hold
4: on. What, what, what I hear is what I hear is him calling him fat, and then I I think I hear him realizing, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I wanted to say all of that the way I said it because instant in, literally in the same breath as calling Lance Lynn fat, he's saying. But yeah, you know, I don't know how much he can't do with his leg. And I would. so so you're calling him fat and then giving him the benefit of the doubt because of the injury he's dealing with that might prevent him from being able to. What's your take here? What are you doing? I, let me tell you right now, I great announcer, phenomenal announcer, incredible announcer, right? Incre- this isn't the conversation we're having. You just you just personally attacked a dude. Personally attacked a dude. And then in, in the same breath, we're trying to fucking backstroke your way out of the shitty pool you put yourself in for saying what you said mm. i don't know if you know this mathematical equation Stony, but mass equals fucking gas yeah it does yeah it I, does. I i get it that, that just that that's a bad look man that's a ba- any uh yeah that's a i don't know that's just a bad 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 <laughs> bad look
2: <clears throat> joe any uh any thoughts on that rant
5: I think he said it better than anyone else could, bro. Mm. I mean,
6: if you're a White Sox fan, I guess that makes you feel better in the moment. But like he said, bro, it looks grim. Because if they don't win with this team, then they got to do another rebuild. And you're waiting a lot of years for that. So it's it, it, bad
7: vibes all around.
2: Is this is this core uh, salvageable, J Hay?
7: Um, I think it's salvageable in like a, in a one year sort of sense. I don't think it's salvageable from the perspective of what we expected before, like five years ago or three or four years ago. Like, I don't think it's it's never going to be what we thought it was. I, again, given the low ceiling to compete and win in the AL Central, I do think it's possible that the White Sox, if they kept this team together next season, the year beyond that, I, it, it's possible they could win the division one of those seasons. Um, but I don't think we're ever seeing the sustained three, four, five year AL Central run from this core that we ever thought. I think those days have passed, and I think that has expired. Yes, mm.
2: that sucks. <laughs> like there are there are teams with, uh, I guess, no hope, no no light at the end of the tunnel um, because of their, um, I guess, limitations financially, the market that they're in. I think Jay Hay made the point probably last episode. You play in Chicago, dude. Like, What are we talking about? This is not a small market. market. Yeah, you play in the Chicago market. There should be no reason why uh, the White Sox, with that core that they had that won a division title two years ago, uh, shouldn't be able to supplement that with with actual free agent talent. Uh, Dallas, you got to get up out of here. He gone.
4: Dahl's got to go. Right. We got a bus. We got a go ball ways. game. Let's go, Ace. Let's get a win tonight. Uh, good, lo- huh? good luck
7: today. Let's get to yeah. Let's go, green yeah. and yeah. gold, hey. baby. You,
4: you know what's happening today? It's J.P. Sears. He coming off an 11 strikeout career high performance, towing the slab against one show bay. The
2: th- oh, you guys <laughs> got show today. All right, all right. <laughs> all let's get a three three win, so tomorrow. Let's right. win tomorrow. All let's get right. a win tomorrow. Let's go. Let's go win tomorrow.
4: So we'll see at the ballpark. I'm gone. All right oh yeah let's uh let's go
2: oakland get a win tomorrow for sure (laughs)
7: all right now that he's gone we can really start podcasting
2: yeah thank god oh god that guy sucks um uh jay hey do you have any nugs on zach allen by any chance
7: you know what man? you know me too well I do I yeah, prepared please. I prepared he's like one of like eight kind of rapid fire nugs that I prepared off of last night's box scores so we can definitely start with him please uh, yeah
2: 12 strikeout performance
7: yep Zach Gowan, 12 strikeouts not only that zero walks in mm. this outing uh, that's his third such start since the beginning of 2022 so 12 plus strikeouts uh, zero walks that is tied for the most such starts in all of major league baseball in fact only Three pitchers have multiple starts over that span. Gallon is one of them. Tristan McKenzie is the other, who has not pitched at all this season. He had three of them last year alone, and Spencer Strider has two. So uh, Zach Gallon has. I think we talked about it when we were doing our D Back segment recently. That you know he's kind of that frontline guy uh, that every team needs, and there's really no slowing down right now for him.
2: Am I correct in 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 remembering? Zach Gallen was part of the Marcelo Ozuna trade.
7: Uh, I thought maybe that's true, too. I, th- I thought I remembered Zach Gallen. I thought it was the Jazz Chisholm swap. Uh, yeah, uh, it's true. We're both correct. So he was traded in 2017 by the Cardinals with Alcantara. Right. And two other, peop- and two other people who don't matter uh, to the Marlins for Ozuna uh, and then was traded by the Marlins to The D backs one for one for Jazz Chisholm.
2: what a terrible trade! Fucking Zach Gallen and Sandy Alcantara,
7: yeah. For for a, what ended up being a rental Lozuna, right? Like, they, it's not yes. like he was with the Cardinals long term. Um, yeah, that one does that's the danger of trading pitching prospects sometimes, sometimes they work out. Uh,
2: sometimes, well, at least the Marlins didn't keep Zach Gallon.
7: No, although I'm not, I'm not sure the book is written on Gowan versus Chisholm. Uh, it, it certainly looks favorable to Zach Allen last season and this season, but mm. I'm still very much a believer in Jazz Chisholm's package and uh, what his career could look I like. I believe over in this package decade. too. Yeah, no doubt.
2: But I will say the I mean the book the book is certainly closed on Zach Allen, the Miami Marlin. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: No, so. that's not coming
2: back. That's yeah. nope, nope. But what a what a terrible <laughs> trade by the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, um, Zach Allen. Uh, I have underrated,
7: awful trade. In terms, yeah, of, I
2: feel like that doesn't get brought up enough. No, we should start. Bringing yeah, and, up. and if the also, Cardinals get real factored. bad.
6: Yeah, and then a Rosarena, too. That's true.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Last night, Zach Allen struck out. 12 batters to extend his scoreless inning streak to 28 consecutive innings without allowing a run. Uh, I want to say in those 28 innings, he has like 41 strikeouts and one. Yeah. He's only walked one batter during the 28 inning scoreless streak. Uh, no one has pitched more innings than him this season. No one has more strikeouts than him in the big leagues. 51 strikeouts. And he also has the lowest whip in the big leagues at
5: 0.77. Didn't he break the record
2: last year? Was that him? What, the scoreless inning streak? Yeah. I know he had one. I don't know if it broke the record, though. Maybe. Uh, You you could be right. I'm not sure.
6: Either way, bro, to have two of those back-to-back like this, Mm -hmm. especially a guy like that who does not get a lot of attention. No.
7: Uh, He did 44 and a third last year.
2: That's fucking crazy. And now he's just riding another one. He's just on it. Yeah. Zach Gallant, is he he the most underrated pitcher in Major League
7: Baseball? I think you have to say so if he's now, if he's arguably the best. Yeah. He had one
2: shit year. I think, what was his shit year? Was it 2021?
7: It was 21. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was a 4-3 ERA. So, I mean, it wasn't. You know, some sort. But he's of been in
2: the twos collapse, every yeah. other year of his career.
7: Yeah. Yep. And last year was the first year he put together like a full, a full season of starts, 184 innings, 31 starts, uh, and he was dominant, fifth in the Cy Young. Maybe, maybe he'll win it this year. True or false?
2: Zach Gallen poses the biggest threat to Spencer Strider winning the National League Cy Young award.
5: Hmm. The biggest? The biggest threat to Spencer Strider.
6: Oh, man, I'm mean, off the top of my head. Who else is, like, really? I mean, now that Sandy's decided well, there's a to ton have a of shit season. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of guys who could do it, but right now, Gallen is number one for sure in terms of Cy Young. Uh,
7: he also looks like he's going to get the bulk, too, like the quantity. He's leading the league in innings pitched. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he's yeah, I, shouldn't fr- say he's I know he's fresh off one. of a start, so you know, maybe that bounces back to somebody else after this. But yeah.
2: I think he's made like one more start. I mean, I know that there yeah. are different leagues, but he's got like one more start than like Eric Cole.
6: It's the annoying thing, bro, with pitching war. I, that shit's that shit's made up, bro. That, I hate that. look at pitching war, you look at the leaderboards, and it just seems like a terrible stat to see who's done the best. Because you'll have guys, I guess they have like a lot of strikeouts, less walks. But like Otani's second lowest ERA in the league, but he's seventh mm. in pitching more. He's pitched, I guess, less innings than a lot of guys. But because somebody like Garrett Cole or somebody like Zach Gallon, who has a 2.15 ERA, he gives up two more runs a game than Otani.
2: But he has 0.5 more war. What did he have? Like a a start where he gave up like four earned or something like that? How do you have a fucking 28 inning scoreless streak in April and still have an ERA over two?
5: I think he
7: had a bad first start. Didn't he? Didn't Gallon come out of the gate cold?
5: Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, he uh,
7: first two. Actually, first two starts were kind of rough. Four and two thirds, five earned and then six innings pitch. Four earned, and then he's basically just been untouchable since then.
2: Who touched him up? Oh, the Doyers.
7: Dodgers and Padres, division ribes.
2: Damn, but then he shoved it up the Padres' ass. Seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs, 11 strikeouts. His last two starts, his last two starts, he's gone seven innings, six and a third, zero earned runs in both, two hits, four hits, 11 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts. That is dominant, and no walks in either.
7: Do you have a, do you have a plan for a post Dallas or should I just empty this and empty the the load and you let me know when you want to get in?
2: Yeah, you can, you can empty the load. So like the, I'll I'll tell you what I have on the docket here. Um, Zach Allen, I have the Astros taking two out of three because by the way, Astros fans, shut the fuck up. Okay. Like stop tweeting me being like,
4: talk about, oh, you guys talked about the Rays being so good.
2: Why, Why don't you talk about two out of three? We were going to get to it. We have a fucking podcast the next day. We're going to fucking talk about the Astros. So we're going to get to the Astros taking two out of three with back to back shutouts, by the way. Uh, Robbie Ray done for the season um, uh, for Joe. The big Braves hat is gone. <laughs> and I got I got some things that I want to say about the um, the uh, Tati's take from yesterday and Padres fans reacting to that. But anyways, Jay, if you have if you have nugs that you just want to go nuts on, please.
7: Yeah, I'll just I'll just run through. I mean, you talked about the Astros. Um, I don't know who on this panel picked Hunter Brown as their AL Rookie of the Year, but no. whoever did do that, um, I mean, red hot. 2.13 ERA in seven starts going back to his starts last season. He's allowed zero home runs over those seven starts. Good stuff there. Um, this is super random. Ramon Urias uh, on the uh, Orioles the first Orioles third baseman to go four for four with four singles since Cal Ripken Jr. Mm. On September 10th, 1999. Wow. Um, so congrats to him on that very specific accomplishment. Uh, the Blue Jays, obviously, you know, we, we did the whole White Sox thing earlier. The Blue Jays beat up on a mate to nothing yesterday. Blue Jays starting pitching over the last eight games, 52 and a third innings pitched 0.86 ERA. Um, and it was Kikuchi doing it yesterday about, I think it was five and two thirds scoreless. Um, so the Jays, your Jays, Jared, yeah, only guy who didn't hop off, yep. uh, pitching's turning it around bay, bay, bay. Mm. I know, uh, Dallas would love to be here for this one. First pirates player with three hits, three plus hits and three plus stolen bases in the same game since. The captain himself, Andrew McCutcheon, back in 2010. Wow. 13 years ago was the last time that it happened. Um, Let's see what else we got. Uh, Kenta made a rough start. Sorry sorry to call you out on this one. I know you're a listener of the podcast. Three innings pitched, 10 earned runs. Jesus. He's the first Twins pitcher to allow 10 earned runs in three or fewer innings pitched since the original Pat Mahomes on April 24th. 1993. Jeez. Um, Wait, he gave up... Kenta Maeda
2: gave up 10 earned runs in one start? Yeah, yesterday. Maybe he's hurt because he exited his last start. He got a fucking line drive off his shin. Maybe Maybe he's uh, hurt. Who fucking... Who hit that, Jake? Do you remember? Is that Duran, maybe? I, uh, I think it was Duran, yeah. Yeah, he got a comeback right off the shin and, and exited the game. And then his next start, he gives up 10 earned runs.
7: I mean, yeah, it was didn't it
5: was he miss all story. last year. Yeah, he had surgery.
7: Yeah, he yeah, three innings pitched, 11 hits, 10 earned runs um, and most perhaps most remarkably ten earned runs on zero home runs allowed. Um, Ooh, that's just painful. That's a painful one to watch. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, youngest Nationals lefty at age 24 years and 61 days with 10 plus strikeouts since John Lannan. In 2008, who was 23 and 303 days. Um, Nolan Arenado, um, since we talked about it on yesterday's pod, ice cold. He was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts uh, yesterday. He's now batting uh, 100, 3 for 30 with nine strikeouts. Um, All three hits are singles uh, over his last eight games. Uh, Max, oh, two, two, final two. Ronald Acuna Jr., 13 stolen bases. We talked about it. That's the most stolen bases in March and April uh, in a single year since Billy Hamilton also did 13 back in 2015. Uh, How many did he end up with that year? Let's see. That's a good question. Uh, I think it was Billy Hamilton in 2015 ended up with 57 stolen bases. It was his second of four straight years with 50 plus steals. Um. And then finally, Max Muncy, another guy we talked about really having an incredible Max Muncy-esque year. He has uh, 11 home runs right now, but only 18 total hits. Uh, <laughs> he, would be the f- he would be the first person, since April's not technically over yet, we still have to wait.
5: So he would be off. the first
7: person to end April with double-digit homers, but fewer than 20 total hits since Barry Bonds in 2001.
2: How the fuck was Barry doing that? Barry, I mean,
5: because
7: he probably got that was when they wouldn't pitch to him. Yeah, yeah, that's they wouldn't pitch to him. Yeah, so he just hit homers or walked, and then you know he wasn't into singles. Like Bonds didn't fuck with those singles at that point. So he was literally too good for singles.
2: Yeah, he can't hit singles. It's just oh shit, another extra base hit. Like what am I going to do? He he would hit singles by an accident, or he would hit the ball so hard that he can't advance the second base because he hit it so hard that like the ball is already back into the infield by, by the time he's like rounding first.
5: Yeah.
7: So basically what we learned is that Muncie is Barry Bonds.
5: Yeah. That's all I got.
2: That's what I
7: got out of that. Um, yeah, I think, uh,
2: like the whole 40, 40 thing with Ronald Acuna Jr. This year, uh, Joe, does he, is he leading? Not all of baseball. Is it all baseball in F4? Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty sure
6: he's up there, either first or second. Maybe Shohei might have more. I
2: guess if you like combine pitcher war
6: and yeah,
7: just as a position player, he leads. He's got a, he's got a, I think it's a zero point three war lead too. So he's,
5: yeah.
2: Does does forty forty do it for you?
5: <laughs> yeah, bro.
6: I mean who's done it? It's like four guys, weren't they all on no. steroids? Who's done it? Alfonso Soriano, Barry Bonds,
7: Alex Rodriguez. Was Canseco?
6: Oh, did Barry Bonds do it? Uh
2: I wanna say no.
7: Yeah, no, Bonds, Bonds did. He did it once. He did? Uh in two thousand or sorry, nineteen ninety six. Uh yeah.
2: So five guys. Four guys. Four guys. Bonds, A Rod, Canseiko, Alfonso Soriano four
6: there's four guys so it fucking does it for me (laughs) and it should do it for everybody i mean and he hit a home run yesterday so those ground balls maybe they're starting to turn into home runs (laughs) i think i'd give him about like a 60 percent chance to do it like there's never been a player where it was like it almost feels like if he doesn't get 40 for 40 it's like kind of a disappointment
5: jose canseco barry bonds a rod Alfonso Soriano. That's it. Hmm. Seiko? Cause I think first. he got within like he got within
6: like, at age 21 at 19. He was within three steals yeah. from doing 40 for 40. His first, oh, I guess his second full season, maybe first full season, arguably. And to get three away just from steals at 21. <laughs> It's like, well, bro, you're going to have 15 more chances. You got to do it once. And with these bigger bases, I mean, he's going to get 40 by the all-star break. He's on pace for 84 steals this year.
7: (laughs) That'd be so sick. Yeah. I mean, but when I I think about
2: Ronald Acuna, I don't think about, like, blazing speed on the base paths. Like, I know that he he threatened 40-40 before, and he's threatening again. But when I think of Ronald Acuna Jr., I don't think of, like... Speed, I think, of power. Yeah, I mean, after I
6: guess twenty twenty one, he didn't play, and last year he had twenty nine steals on an ACL that was like just watching him play. He was limping like sixty percent of the time. So, like his speed, if you wanted to break it down on the scale of what what do the scouts use the scale sixty scale, I bet his speed is probably his best attribute in terms of. It's not just his speed, too, because he leads the league in arm strength. He's throwing balls like over 100 miles per hour. If you look up those stats. Really? He's got one of the biggest sprint speeds, fastest sprint speeds, strongest arms, and hit 41 home runs at 21 years old. (laughs)
5: Wow.
2: Is this the year that he wins MVP?
5: Sure hope so. Listen, I mean, me and Jay have
7: have been clear. This is the year he wins yeah. MVP. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's don't... obvious, man. How many times do you want us to tell you? <laughs> How many times do you want us to tell you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It,
2: it it all checks out to me. It all checks out to me. And I did I did want to bring this up because I was upset by it. But um the Atlanta Braves big hat dugout celebration, axed. It's gone. Not allowed. New era is the official cap of Major League Baseball. So they stepped in. and They were like, hey, these big hats. Mm-mm. This isn't a new era cap. The <laughs> league stepped in and they were like, hey, you guys are gonna have to figure out a whole new. I hope that this does not affect the uh, the vibes in the Braves dugout. But they were Has, they, they, they put yet. the fucking kibosh on that.
6: They're still wearing it in the bullpen. Every time one <laughs> of these guys hits a home run, they have it on the bullpen. I don't know if that was like a work around, or they're going to stop that soon. But it seems like new era could just make one. I mean, I these hats are you know,
2: they are, are they league, league licensed? Like how do how could you how could you officially license a big hat with the Braves logo on it, but it's not new era approved? I don't know.
6: Well, the story behind the hat was that like some fan just gave it to one of the Braves players like getting off the bus or something they just handed it to him so he just had the hat so i mean they didn't buy it it could just be one guy made one of these hats i mean these hats have been going around for the past like year these little these big hats i don't know <laughs> yeah. if they're legal the Braves are breaking the rules it seems like they're breaking the rules yeah, i
2: don't know if they're street leader. but i don't
6: know you don't have to be a new era hat to have a, a mob logo you just
2: can't wear those hats on the field why don't they just slap a a new era logo on the side of the hat and then keep it going? I don't know.
6: New era, it's, they don't like uh, they don't like the Braves. Fuck them.
2: Yeah, I mean, what is New Era's problem with the Braves?
6: <laughs> After all we've done for New Era, bro. <laughs> There's gonna
2: be a new era. That's for sure. We're oh. not wearing that shit. That's the old era. Wow. So the, in Atlanta, they are. Um, they're protesting New Era.
5: Well, dude, uh, Braves sell a lot of hats. Usher used to wear Braves hat. Yeah. All the time. Uh, Who else? Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. Did Chipper Jones just
2: do an interview recently where he said he would hit like 200 in today's game or something like that? Yeah,
6: he's being humble, bro. That's a good... That's a nice little that's a southern boy humbleness. You know he'd go the fuck off doesn't matter, bro. He could get hit a bomb right now. He
2: said I'll, I'll hit 200. These guys are nasty. Yeah, sure. Mhm. Actually, I had someone tell me yesterday that uh he was like hitting in AAA is way harder than hitting in the big leagues. And my first thought was because the guys Aren't experienced enough, so they're not like locating. So it's harder to like hunt a pitch because, like, even if you think they're gonna throw you outer third, uh, it's not gonna be there because they can't command their pitches. And he was like, No, all the lights suck. He's like, You can't see anything. (laughs) He's like, All the stadium lights are so bad that, like, you play these night games and like these guys are throwing fuzz balls and you just can't see it. And I was like, You know what? That makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense. Hitting in AAA, not as as easy as hitting in the big leagues. But one thing that is easy is making Blue Moon your favorite beer. I mean, that's the easiest choice that I've ever made. Because some beers can say that they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball, they just go together. No beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at the Coors Field uh, in Denver, Colorado. It's natural choice for opening day and all season long. Joe, how many blue moons do you usually put down in a baseball game when you go? Uh, brother.
6: <laughs> Fucking two. Two? Damn. <laughs> That's responsible. I'm just though. On being, I'm being humble, bro. I knock You'd down home. eight. You knocked on down the eight. game.
2: Okay. Depends on the game. Depends on the game. Yeah. If I'm in Coors, yeah. <laughs> oh, how many? 12, 13. Oh my God. That's 20
6: not,
5: oranges. Yeah. I'll double dip on an orange in there. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part about the blue moon? Is it the coriander? I would
6: say it's the creamy finish, personally, <laughs> okay. but the coriander, I mean <laughs> it's also great.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Um, because with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and Joe's favorite smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual is a one-of-a-kind beer experience that is perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch. Or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find blue moon delivery options that is get.bluemoonbeard.com slash rocket blue moon made brighter celebrate responsibly blue moon brewing company golden colorado ale Um, all right Astros fans, you fucking dickheads. Like we weren't going to talk about like what what agenda do you think we have against your fucking team? Like holy
5: shit. Talk about the Astros. You guys are sucking the Rays dicks. Come on, man. Talk about it. You're hiding from the truth.
2: No we're not. Here we go. The Houston Astros took 2 out of 3 from the Tampa Bay Rays. At Tropicana Field, uh, prior to this series beginning, the Tampa Bay Rays were unbeaten at home, 14-0. and 14-0. And then the Houston Astros came in and said, be a shame if something happened to that winning streak, that undefeated streak that you had going at home. They come in, they take two out of three. Not one, two shutouts. Two. For the Houston Astros to hand a series loss to the Tampa Bay Rays, they almost, in this series, they came one victory shy of uh, matching Tampa's loss total for the entire year. They almost doubled them up in the loss column. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me in this series is just a nice little reminder about uh, how good the Houston Astros bullpen is. Like they're not trotting out guys that are big names, high price, like, you know, we're not we're not going out and spending hundreds of millions of dollars on on the top relievers in the game, but they have guys, as we saw in the postseason last year, uh, that can go out there and get the job done innings six through nine. Like, they've got guys that uh are very much dependable in high leverage spots and we saw it in the postseason. We saw it again in this series against the Tampa Bay Rays. A guy like Kyle Tucker. I know that we were talking about the bullpen, but when you talk about offensive threats in the Houston Astros lineup, the first name that comes to mind is obviously Jordan Alvarez. It would be an insult to call Kyle Tucker a, a complimentary piece. He's not. like That's a, that's a cornerstone guy. Uh, he'll never get... The credit that he deserves, because I think when we have the MVP conversation and you go down the contenders in Major League Baseball and you start to list the teams that we expect to see in October and the best players from each team, the MVP candidates from each team, you will, and rightfully so, bring up your Don Alvarez before you bring up a guy like Kyle Tucker. However, Kyle Tucker it's, has MVP talent. He's an MVP type player. He can have an MVP type season. Unfortunately for him, he plays in the same league as Shohei Otani. He's also teammates with Jordan Alvarez. So those two things are going to overshadow any type of MVP type conversation for a guy like Kyle Tucker. But he stood out in this series for me as well. And uh, that would actually make for a really interesting postseason series. Rays, Astros. What year do we get that? 19? I think so, right? That was the division series in nineteen, where people thought that Astros were, uh, they had someone that what was it Glass? Now they thought that they had his signs in that one. Um, uh, twenty twenty, they played each other, did they? And
6: uh, yeah, Houston almost came back from 3-0, right? Yeah.
2: Wait,
5: yeah, that was the ALCS, the Dodger Stadium.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. That was the ALC. Um, two day with all the errors, yeah, they went off, but made the errors. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad for me, yeah. Um, Jay, did anything stand out to you in this Astros Ray series?
7: Yeah, other than my boy HB, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Brian or the bullpen in general. Brian Abreu specifically um, has stood out. I think, you know, Ryan Presley's been sort of a mix of like, I don't know if it's something weird going on there, and I don't want to speculate. He was definitely hurt. Like he had. Yeah, it's like a mix of unavailable, banged up. Yeah, there was an Um, outing.
2: I want to say it was against like Oakland. I can't remember who it was against, but he was shaking his arm, like his elbow, like clearly in pain, clearly injured. Dusty didn't even, there was no one came out to even check on the guy, and yeah. he just finished the inning and was kind <clears> of <throat> dog shit after that.
7: Yeah. So, you like 12 and a third innings pitch, 073 ERA strikeout rate over 41%. Like, in terms of y- you're mentioning their ability to just kind of generate guys who are effective back there without paying premium dollars for bullpen options, uh, that would seem to be another one of those. And then like one of the reasons I was optimistic about the post-Verlander Astros was their starting rotation this year. And while it's been a little bit of a mixed bag relative to expectations, I think you're now starting to see that kind of round into form. Um, we mentioned Brown, Framber Valdez is doing his thing with a two two five ERA, and then Javier's three two one and Garcia's four zero. And I would expect both of those to continue to head down. Um Garcia started off the season. Actually, both of them started off the season kind of rough, but their performances in general and just – I just the depth of this organization, particularly on the pitching side right now, is just – it's impressive considering what they've let walk out the door over the past three or four off seasons.
6: Yeah, it's like what is this? They have like a calculator or something because, dude, every – and Jared was talking about their bullpen, but you could say the same exact thing about their starters. Like every single one of them – Turns out to be good. All five of these guys was signed either by like came up through the organization. None of them were free agent signings, and all five of them have proven to be beasts. Hunter Brown's obviously like very young, but so far he's rookie of the year. It's like they don't miss on anyone.
7: Yeah, although I you know the yeah from the pitching side we brought up the Jose Abreu thing like that that looks like it's going to be possibly a a glaring hole for this team. And it's awkward too because if this is kind of it for Abreu, they didn't sign him for a soul-crushing amount of money, but they did sign him for three 3 years. And if he's this yeah. bad in year 1 and they're a championship contender, which you would expect them to be, I'm just kind of interested to see how they navigate that. Um, cuz th- the signs as far as Jose Abreu's go and uh, Jose Abreu goes and the underlying numbers are actually pretty alarming. So
6: I would say that's probably the one weakness of their team is that their bench. They have these guys that you'd never heard of. Who knows, yeah. they're probably fucking sick too, but like that's probably their weakness. Obviously they're going to get Altuve back, which will help. We didn't even talk about that. They don't even have Altuve? Yeah. yeah. And Jose Abreu is like Abreu? Who? The worst player in the league right now? Abreu? Who? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be this bad the whole year. Uh like yeah, just like yeah, the 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 Astros are sick. Breaking news. Astros are sick again. Yeah. (laughs) They're a half game back. They were like under 500 two days ago. Like Mm. what happened? Mm. It just was like this. They're against the two best teams in the league right now. Swept one, beat a other one, two out of three.
2: Oh, I mean, you, you mentioned it when you were talking about the, the Braves Padres series. Sometimes you need, um, some better competition to, uh, or the Braves Astros series rather like you, you play up to your competition. You, you, you see the names and the numbers and you see uh that other team on the other side and it kind of it wakes something up in you. The Astros were always gonna be, like, be fine. There, there's plenty of teams right now that got off to dog shit or uh mediocre starts and very minimal concern. Like for me, the Dodgers are 13 and 12. Am I worried about them? No. Uh the the Mets 14 and 11. Like that's that's okay. Am I worried about them? No, they have lost 4 straight, which is not ideal. Uh the Mariners, the Nationals, two of them. Yeah. The Mariners are 11 and 13. Am I worried about them? Not really. Uh the Guards. The Phillies. I am worried about the Phillies if we're being honest. Uh Ooh. the Guards are a game under, 12 and 13. Am I worried about them? Not really. No. So, there's plenty of teams that you can make that case. But the Houston Astros being fourteen and eleven, and that's underperformance. Okay, they're half game out. Texas Rangers. You know, I, I hope you enjoyed your time in first place in the month of April. But uh, that expiration date seems to be rather soon. Like uh, that's going to be that's going to be the Astros
5: division, and the question is, by how much? It's probably going to be a lot. <laughs> Yeah, they have no Another
6: team has a chance. No,
5: no other team has a chance, no, no I mean, has a chance the, to like stay close.
6: No, I mean, you're right. You want to be like, dude, the Rangers are looking good. Shohei's fucking beast and they got Trout. Who knows? Angels they got get Trout. No, <laughs> they got no chance to even be close. Yeah. yeah. I was with the, the, the Astros, started nine and 10, and I was listening to Braves radio, and they were saying that they've had the same record every year for the past like four seasons. Well, and you named a bunch of yeah. And you named a bunch of teams who are underperforming and you're saying you're not worried, but like the Astros are another level of like they could be two and twenty two right now. We would be like they're gonna win it. Mm. Doesn't matter.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I for for the record though, if you're a Rangers fan listening, I know that there are Rangers fans that listen. Um it's gonna be a fun year. It's just not your year to win the division and and Jay mentioned what Christian Javier is doing is that in a way like if you have like a three two isn't that kind of like disappointing for him yeah for him
7: yeah I think the buzz and the expectations got very high myself included like if if he ended the year with a three (sighs) two over like a full bulk of innings because like that's what we were talking about right like it was two five four last year in 148 innings. Like, if he gave 180 innings at a 3-2-1, would that be disappointing? I don't know. Um, but yes, it is a little bit... I mean, he was a sexy Cy Young pick. I almost
2: picked and, him, yeah. I, I just had concerns about how many innings he was going to end up throwing. I went with Manoa because I feel like he was the safer bet to amass um, whatever, close to 180, 190 innings, whatever. But in terms of stuff, and pure ability like Javier was the the pick
7: for me yeah. but I just didn't think I liked that, that his walk rates down too yeah I think that's good that's encouraging at least for for, for, for more innings yeah yeah so we'll see how that pans
2: out but Houston Astros you whiny fucks here was your praise <laughs> for taking two out of three against the Tampa Bay Rays I don't know why like like they're just I've I I've said this a bunch of times I was probably one of the first guys on like a national level to move off the astros cheating scandal like i didn't give a fuck pretty quickly after it came out probably one of the first guys to be like all right guys like everyone move on like you've got your clicks you've got your fucking youtube views and and whatever and your your retweets and likes like let's let's move on because i feel like there were people that were just definitely milking it and when they played the Yankees and the ALCS, obviously was a big, uh, a big proponent of the Houston Astros in that series. So I feel like I've been an ally for a long time. So some of these people are like, you guys don't talk about the Astros enough. Like, eh, you guys are just they're just they're preemptively defensive.
6: <laughs> yeah they've been don't blame them bro this guy Astros fans get more shit than anybody dude I went to the fucking Astros Nationals game last year and they were getting booed and getting shit talked against the Nationals like three years later like no one like why the Nats fan if there are any even give a fuck about the Astros I guess they did play each other but the Nationals beat them yeah Astro fans love me they love me I, I, I vindicated Altuve someone stuck up for him so no, we're on good terms. What's, they love me, bro.
2: What's the next video that's coming out? What's the what's the topic?
6: Uh, it's like people like it if they get to guess, you know. Yeah, they do like to guess. They, they don't want me to just say what the next topic is. Right, it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a harder one to guess. A little bit of an overarching topic.
2: I think it's gonna I have to do with stuff. the the granky striking out manager stuff. Like I think it's gonna be something like. That. <laughs> No, but that would be a cool video.
6: Just like this mind-blowing stats, I guess, for 15 minutes. Yeah, I think you should do that. would be tough. to. I would love to make another cranky video.
2: <laughs> I know you would. Isn't cranky? That, <sighs> like, the cranky video is like the video that kind of like launched the channel a little bit. Well, I think it's the second most
6: watched. Mm. So, in a way, yeah, that was massive. Yeah.
2: Massive amount of views. Yeah. Uh I Oh yeah, like uh I I don't have like a ton of topics left. Like obviously like the Drew maggie thing. Maggi? Maggi. Drew Maggi. Yes. Uh It's a cool story. I don't know. I mean like we there's not like a ton to add to that there. Like we, we could we could play the sound. I know Jay-Hay's got to go soon. That's why I don't want to waste precious Jay-Hay moments. We've got 7 minutes of Jay-Hay left. Do you have any uh do you have anything that you would like to talk about Jay-Hay?
7: I mean, I I hit on most of them earlier. I mean, I'm always interested in the uh, the the upcoming slate. Uh, There are a few things that interest me here. I mean, obviously, Otani against the worst team in baseball presents Mm -hmm. some intriguing possibilities, right? Perfect Um, game. Yeah, no shade to be thrown, but that's how it is. Uh, I'm interested in this. (laughs) What's that? (laughs)
6: Wouldn't want to throw shade on the A's no, now. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Be respectful. <laughs> Would not
7: want to uh the Seth that, Lugo no. thing is interesting to me. Um, a guy who was uh exclusively a reliever for the entirety of twenty-one and twenty-two, uh coming out and throwing like a sub two and a half ERA through his first four starts, just spinning that curveball all the time. Um he's up against the cubbies today. Like the the Padres rotation, I think, is not totally um rock solid. One through five. So Lugo being an answer there, I think, uh, is something that jumps out to me. And then, you know, as the as the caller said, the only one of the only two things of excellence on the Chicago White Sox happens to be taking the mound today. And Dylan Cease, Uh, unfortunately, he's going up against Shane McClanahan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see what McClanahan has for us after that wild last outing that we talked about where he had what was it? Thirty two swinging strikes and eighty eight total pitches Um, this matchup. Cease Cease can do that kind of stuff too so i'm very fascinated to see how many swings and misses we get in mcclan cease that's about all that's on my mind okay uh
2: kenley jansen three saves away from 400 very uh limited club there
7: gonna be a very fascinating hall of fame conversation that people are going to need to have about kenley jansen because if kenley jansen gets 400 saves or really even if he doesn't but if assuming he does if kenley jansen is not going into the hall of fame then what is the standard for the modern believer? So I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Because um, 400 used to be kind of like the marker. And I feel, like, I feel like collectively, we're not there with Kenley Jansen and the Hall of Fame yet. And I feel like maybe people need to get to be, if they're going to put in Billy Wagner and Trevor Hoffman and people like that, I think Kenley Jansen's going to need to get his, his due.
2: Kelly put Jan- him in, dude. Uh, So it's Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, Lee Smith, K-Rod, John Franco, and Billy Wagner are the only other pitchers to reach the 400 save milestone.
5: Three more. That's what I'm out. saying. Yeah,
2: that's a big deal. I, I hope, Uh, I mean, Billy Wagner deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't come prepared to make a Billy Wagner Hall of Fame case, I know no, that no, I've we written can, about we it We can defer it, yeah. Yeah, I've written about it in the past and ultimately arrived on, yeah, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Like, what are we doing here? Um, oh, yeah, one last thing before uh, we let Jay Hay go. People were asking about where did the Mount Rushmores go? Well, we'll bring those back in the offseason. Like, those are like a, hey, we need some filler. Let's debate teams Mount Rushmores the Monday Wednesday Thursday podcast schedule there's plenty to, Too talk, much to talk about, about. For, yeah, yeah like for an hour hour and a half podcast uh, there's plenty to discuss about um, news topics to be debating the uh
5: the like Philadelphia Phillies Mount Rushmore but We'll come back to it We'll come back to it Um okay Baseball
2: season's in full swing. There are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra-low lag so you and everyone that you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Any games, any series this weekend, Joe? Catch your eye. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the Mets versus the Braves. Oh, okay. Mets Braves. This is going to be an all-out war on Twitter between... These two fan bases, they've been at each other's throats for the last three goddamn years. Mets Braves in Queens, Max Freed on the mound uh, on Friday. Saturday, you've got Spencer Strider on the the mound for the Bravos. And then the series finale, old Chucky Morton is getting the ball for a 140 Eastern start against... The Mets, uh, Joe. Your prediction for the Mets Brave series this weekend? I think it's. I think the Braves
6: are going to sweep them.
2: You think and they're going to you know, sweep?
6: Like, yeah, I mean they're going to win two out of three at the very least. But I'm thinking a sweep. I think the Mets might steal one on Sunday, but I don't see anyone beating Strider. I don't see anybody beating Max Freed right now. Mm. Braves, because dude, I watch this team. I have a fucking like, dude, a sixth sense. I've watched this team my whole life. Mm-hmm. I know. When we're coming to a series, what's going to happen Right, every time. So when you get a good warm-up series with the Marlins, that's the thing. That, that, the Marlins have been the best. I love the Marlins, bro. Because the Braves <laughs> will just go on a losing streak, and it's like, well, we're playing the Marlins in like two days, so just chill. Yeah. And then we'll sweep the Marlins, and then we're back on track. Okay. Right now, the Mets just lost. What, they, they're about to get swept by the Nationals?
2: The Nats. Yeah. Like, the, the Pirates are going to uh, continue to eat because this weekend – we got Nats Pirates. So the 17 and eight Pirates are going to get to feast on the 9 and 14 Nats. Um, Jays Mariners. That's going to be a rematch of the postseason last year. Jays are obviously playing good ball right now. Mariners re- really need to get it going, but a rematch of last year's postseason. Uh, Rays White Sox. Feel like that's not going to go well for the White Sox. Uh, you're going to have the. Angels and Brewers, I guess that that'll be somewhat interesting. I think the series that'll be really interesting, too, here is the Yankees and the Rangers. Like those teams have played very similarly to start the year. Uh, Astros Phillies. okay, little World Series rematch from this past October. Phillies Astros and sadly enough, the Dodgers Cardinals like that don't that doesn't do anything for me this year. (laughs) Like the Cardinals fucking suck. I don't know why. I mean, like, I do know why, but like, you, we're just so used to the Cardinals like being good. Uh, and they fucking suck. So that's, um, pretty much. You're right. You're just writing them off. You think it's over?
6: Like, lost season?
2: Cardinals, uh, man, I, I hope that. I'm wrong about the Nolan injury theory, but he looks fucking hurt, dude. And and Jay-Hay had the numbers earlier. It it's it's pretty much in line with this guy is not right. Um you don't just he he doesn't just like have stretches like these where he looks bad, the numbers are bad, uh the exit view like all of it. So I'm concerned about the health of Nolan Arenado, but I also don't think that the success or failure of the St. Louis Cardinals falls on the back of one guy. Like, their starting pitching needs to be better. Um, they've had some uh, some bullpen hiccups, especially recently with getting walked off by Nick Senzel the other night. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think <sighs> and it's And they a sent matter. down
6: Jordan Walker. Yeah.
5: That yeah. seems weird, right? Yeah, hey, that's 17, 718 OPS, right? It's not yeah. horrible. Especially for a
6: rookie, like you brought him up, you'd think that you're going to, you know, going to hurt his stay confidence. Stay with him.
5: Yeah. yeah. There's just
6: got to be bad vibes in the clubhouse. Something's going on. They're sending people down. They're I told you, it all started with ass.
2: the fucking Tyler O'Neal
6: thing. I'm saying, bro, this this team is giving me Philly vibes. I've said it before. Oh. Managerial change halfway through the season. Change up the vibe. And, uh, you know, but I'm not writing them off by any means.
2: I'm not writing them off. I just don't know that it's one thing that has to ch- like it's. It's a collective is shit sandwich in St. Louis, <laughs>
5: which is which.
6: What does that mean? Ninety nine percent of the time, the vibe is off. The vibe is off. They need to put. Me, they need to put music in the clubhouse.
2: Why? Well, I mean, it, are you surprised after the whole Tyler O'Neal thing that the vibe is off? Like you. You could see that coming from a mile away, that the vibe was going to be off. Set the tone for the Brother, whole thing. I called it before
6: the season started.
2: Yeah. You did. You predicted a managerial firing before a game was played. You, you wanted you wanted Bob Guerin in there. Buddy. Call
5: Guerin. Call Guerin.
6: <laughs> Only one person who could fix this mess.
5: Guy's done it before. The players respect.
2: Yeah. I'd love to I now that he's not here, I would love to get Bob Garin on the podcast to just like, but we don't tell Dallas. He just shows up one day, pops in the <laughs> pops in here, and Dallas is just completely caught off guard about Bob Garin. And I'd yeah, be like, Yeah, awkward. Dallas, say say all that shit that you said to me about <laughs> Bob Garin. Say it to his face now that he's here. <laughs> I'd be so confused.
6: I wouldn't want to do that to Bob, man. He's a good guy. He's
2: a great guy. He's going to lead the
5: Cardinals back to the World Series. We'll see. All right. I mean, he's... uh, What is he, the bench coach for the Dodgers? Something? Yeah. So he's surrounded by
6: smart minds. Mm -hmm. He's surrounded by good leadership. Yeah. He's been been around the bend. Bring some of that Cali-SoCal type energy bring it to the hard you know more of like the you know blue collar i don't know what i've never been to st louis i don't know the fuck it is anything about it i don't know what vibe they got over there but maybe a little more chill cali stoner bob Garen comes in to the vibe and makes the vibes Do you think bob Garin's so a stoner
5: we, yeah bob Garen's a stoner for sure <laughs> I that.
2: that's okay because because he, he's in cali got it oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, And even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's z y n Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
5: Okay. Uh, Jake Stakes? Oh, yeah, we got, let's do another White Sox voicemail. This fucking White Sox team, let me tell you, you know, we get this new manager
9: and he's going to say, we're going to prepare to, kick your ass every night. I don't know if they're talking about us as fans, but kick, kick our ass mentally and physically, because
5: this fucking oh, team this is
9: awful to watch. Insufferable. It's like, you look away for five seconds, the 4 lead our supposed, our supposed pitching staff is awful.
5: Didn't we hear it's this one? To watch. I think the guy from the uh, other voicemail said something similar. Oh. Uh. Oh. All right, hey, this is Chris, first time caller, long time listener. Just want to complain about the White Sox.
9: Rick Hahn is a fucking moron from a, from the Chicago area. buddies with Jerry doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He spent $800,000 on his fucking degree and he can't run a goddamn baseball program. He's an idiot. Tony brought Jerry brought, brought in Tony. Tony doesn't know the fuck he's doing. He's anemic. That tanked the fucking team in 2021. All of a sudden, no one knows how to fucking hit. Or two years later, still can't hit. The pitching's fucking tanked. We suck. Jerry should sell the team that fucking...
5: Until Jerry sells the team, this team's not going fucking anywhere. We got to do something. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we got to do something. We got to
6: do something. Man. Come on, we got to we got to do something. Yeah. We
2: don't know <laughs> what. But we got to do something. Um, all right, you know what? I got an idea. Me and Joe, we're going to go we're going to head out of here, all right? Me, Joe, and Jake are going to head out of here, but uh we're going to leave you with uh a couple of of the best uh White Sox voicemails to to end the show today cuz we you guys deserve it. You guys, you guys deserve to to vent, get this off your chest. Um, it sucks. I wish. I wish Chicago deserves better. White Sox fans deserve better. So, um, we will uh, we'll leave you with the the best of the best voicemails. Enjoy your weekend of baseball. We'll be back on Monday. Thank you to Corey Graves for stopping by. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you on Monday.
9: Yeah, I got something I'd like to say about the White Sox. I grew up three blocks away from the stadium my whole fucking life. And my whole fucking life, Jimmy Reinsworth has been nothing but a cheap fucking prick. You want to say something about the Sox? How about Jerry takes the fucking chastity belt off his fucking wallet and spends a little bit of money on talent instead of fucking washed up bullpen pen arms. The fans are tired of it. I'm tired of it. Chicago deserves better. We deserve a better owner. Garfal's a fucking shit show. Larusa 2.0. So if that doesn't sound like how Sox fans are feeling, I don't know what the fuck's on. I really, really, really would like to have eyes back.
5: There's nothing safe
0: to say about this team. The best thing for the franchise is seven wins and 55 losses. So everyone from the fucking popcorn vendor to the fucking head coach gets fired. Tim Anderson will be a Los Angeles Dodger. It doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Dylan Seeds can go to the Pirates and they'll win more games than we will in the next five years, and we can have a chance at. Even the hot dog vendor won't do his job right. The team's a joke, the White Sox suck, and everyone gets injured with a step of a foot on dirt. Have a good one.
9: This White Sox team is dog shit, wrapped in burnt hair. Giolito, Lopez, Kopec, Moncada, Eloy, you guys covered it. But everyone that they traded for is either a bust, or can't stay on the field. Deese and Anderson, they're the only ones that are good. And Anderson, they stumbled upon. Anderson didn't go to his first major league ballpark until his major league debut. And the other problem about just the White Sox in general is we're always overlooked. When when you type in Chicago baseball, it's the fucking Cubs. When you type in Sox, it's the Red Sox. So.
0: Our team is just
9: not a real team ever. No one ever wants to acknowledge that we exist. Um, Jared Dallas, love what you're doing. Uh, thanks for being unbiased voices in baseball. Um, obviously, I listen to the pod. If there's anything else I can do to support you guys, let me know. Hey, Joey, um, I unsubscribed to your channel after you were deceased on Bill and Cease after he almost won a Cy Young. Thanks, guys.
10: All right, I'm going to keep this real fucking short because otherwise I'd either be here all night or have a stroke before the end of this call. This team is fucking shameful. There's no other words to describe it. This core used to be so much fucking fun to watch. The home run chain has been nuked into oblivion while other teams are shooting flat shots in the dugout post home runs. I've got my Friends that are Cubs fans dancing on my fucking grave when we're supposed to be in our championship window. Eloy Jimenez can't fucking chew gum and walk at the same time. Yohan Moncada breaks a nail and has to be go to the 10-day IL. PA's on the IL every fucking month. This team is atrocious. Forget selling the team. Jerry should just nuke it into the ground. Scorched earth on this motherfucker. I used to watch these teams try to lose and have more fun than what I'm watching right now. Then I got fucking Jerry Reinsdorf honk Steve Stone telling us to enjoy the ride and talking about the 83 Sox that struggled. Motherfucker, I was negative 13 years old when 83 happened. I don't give a fuck.
5: This is the story of the one.